Christmas, what's the first letter? Oh, you sounded a little bit doubtful there. (laughs) Yeah, C. Can you think of some other words, beginning with C, that have a Christmas association? Sorry? Christ. Carols. Cake. Oh, yes. Chocolates. Do you know I didn't have that on my list? I must add it right now. Chocolates, yes. Crackers, yes, I think we had that. Yes. Church. Oh, I like that one. Sometimes people only come to church at Christmas, and that's very sad because we'd like to see you at other times. But uh, yeah, that's good. And if you live in America, you might have candy. Or if you've got turkey for dinner, you might have cranberry sauce. Oh, right. Okay, so um, I think you started on with the right C, and that was Christ. Because we know the Saviour as Jesus Christ, don't we? The title Christ reminds us that we have we are celebrating the birth of a very special baby. A couple of thousand years plus ago, the eternal Son of God, who was promised, came into this world. He's the promised Messiah. That's the word Christ. It means the anointed one. And this is our Lord Jesus Christ. And when the angels announced to the Virgin Mary, when they made an announcement to the uh, shepherds, the Holy Spirit revealed that, uh, yes, Mary had conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and the child that she was going to deliver was to be called Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. Do you know, for me, I had a very special Christmas some many years ago and it was the first year that I was a Christian. 58 years ago, I celebrated my first Christmas as one who was trusting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. So, our first word. We're going to start in the middle of our letters here. J-E, what comes next? S. We're going to have Saviour. So, we'll just put this on the board to remind us. The angel said, you shall call his name Jesus. What for? He shall save his people from their sins. You know the verse. The bad news is we've all sinned. And worse than that, we can't save ourselves. We need God to help us. Some of us could get quite proud in our attitude. We don't want to accept charity, we say. Oh, I can do it. And we decline help when we need it. Please don't decline the help of the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not only able to save you, 
He is the only person who can save you from sin, from hell, from judgment. He's the only one who can pardon you of your wrongdoing. The Apostle John, writing in his first letter, said, We have seen and testify to the Father that he sent the Son as the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Well, I wonder this Christmas, will you be celebrating Christmas because you personally know Jesus as your Saviour? Have you heard of Martin Luther? Yeah, the great Protestant reformer. Well, uh, it's reported that Martin Luther said, the life of Christianity consists of possessive pronouns. Now, if you'd asked me what a possessive pronoun was when I was at school, I wouldn't have had a clue. But here's a good illustration. Because Luther goes on to say, and he gives this example, it's one thing to say Christ is a saviour, It's quite another thing to say he's my saviour and my Lord. Then he goes on to make this comment. The devil can say the first, only the true Christian can say the second. So what's your attitude, your relationship with Jesus? Is he a saviour? Or is he my saviour and my lord? He was given that name for a special reason. He came to save his people from their sin. All right, I'm going to move on to E now. So the word I've chosen for this to help us understand who Jesus is, is the word eternal. Now, in our Bible, you might like to go from Genesis right the way through to the book of Revelation, but you won't find the word eternal. And the human agents that God inspired to write the original scriptures, they spoke about God in this way. They spoke of him as being from everlasting in the past, to everlasting in the future. So, in other words, we use the word in English, he is eternal. And in the Old Testament, while there are lots and lots of prophecies saying that Christ will come into this world to be the saviour, they also speak about the fact that he is going to be the eternal son of God who is coming amongst us. So, we read through... (coughs) For example, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth for me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So please don't think that 
Jesus and his existence began in a little town in Bethlehem a couple of thousand plus years ago. Because Jesus as Christ, the eternal Son, has always been in existence. He is the member of what we call the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So at the incarnation, when Mary gave birth, she gave birth to Jesus, the Christ of eternity became a man, the God-man who lived among us. There's a lovely Christian song appropriate to takes up the theme of Christian written by a man called Frank Horton. And these are the words that he says in the first verse of his hymn. He, referring to Christ, he who was rich beyond all splendor, all for love's sake became poor. Thrones for a manger did surrender. Sapphire paved courts for stable floor. Thou who art God beyond all praising. All for love's sake became us man. Stooping so low but sinners raising heavenwards by his eternal plan. What a great and glorious saviour we have in Jesus Christ. Not one who is weak and frail, but one who is eternal and powerful. It takes God himself who is eternal to be able to save people from an eternity in hell. It takes an eternal saviour to come into this world in order that forgiveness might be possible through his death on the cross so that all who believe in him should have eternal life and forgiveness and a place in heaven. Oh, how we thank God that we have a saviour, Jesus Christ the Lord, and he is eternal. Let's move on to the letter U now. And we can say of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is unchanging. Pastor tells me that this is the first Christmas of having a carol service on Christmas Eve. Haven't done it before in this church. It's new, it's different. It's a change. I hope a change for the better and you'll enjoy it and come back next year. But have you noticed how things change so dramatically? <coughs> Only a few months ago, we were having, to, having a job to keep up with who is the Prime Minister. There was a change and then another change and then another change. Ladies, when did you last go shopping? Did you notice some changes? Did the prices go up or down? Changes all for the worse, perhaps, all the time. We live in a world of constant change. Now, in many respects, that's a good thing. I don't particularly want to die of smallpox. <laughs> and thankfully, there are vaccinations. So there are some things that improve. 
But there are other things that don't improve. And it's constant change. It's a season of goodwill and peace. But tell Mr. Putin that. He's bringing about some horrible changes in this world, isn't he? Most of us, if we survive childhood into adulthood, we then have to start facing changes. I don't suppose you can remember what you looked like a year ago. But I know this for a fact. Even if you don't look it, you're one year older. And the older we get, the more brain cells are dying, the more arthritis affects our joints, the more our backs get stiffer, and instead of walking on two legs, we want another one to hold us up. And we're gradually deteriorating. We are changing for the worse in our physical form. That's because sin has ravaged our bodies. But this is the wonderful news. The Old Testament prophet Malachi in chapter 3 and verse 6 declared this as God's statement about himself. I am the Lord, I do not change. So he's as reliable last year as he is this year and throughout all eternity. So when you acknowledge your sin and ask Jesus to be your saviour, you can be assured of this. You have in the Lord Jesus a wonderful saviour who is eternal and is unchanging and he will sustain you. The writer of the New Testament a letter called Hebrews reminds us in chapter 13 and verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the unchanging Lord. We live in a world full of turmoil, change, and instability. But this is the wonderful and glorious truth that we proclaim from the Bible tonight. That is, we have a God who is a saviour, who is steadfast, reliable, trustworthy, and unchanging. And my question to you is, are you trusting him? It's absolutely essential that we have a personal relationship with him. Another letter. Let's have another S, please, Miss Swan. The final S. He is a sovereign. He is a king. When the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, they came with a question. They were asking, where is he who was born king of the Jews. Now, I, I beg to differ a little bit with those wise men. But I have to appreciate that they didn't have the New Testament scriptures that we have available today to tell us and enlighten us about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Pilate said... Uh, 
and they put it on the notice that Jesus is the king of the Jews. But we know from scripture that he is far more than that. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. So why these why did these people come on such a long journey to come and witness the spectacle of the birth of a unique child that they called the king of the Jews. We know him to be the king of kings. In fact, the Bible says all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. What a great sovereign he is. Shortly next year, hopefully we will be spared to see the coronation of King Charles III. And we'll say, hopefully, God save the king. But here is a king who saves others. He is the sovereign Lord of glory. Isn't that wonderful? Are you ready to submit to his authority? Are you recognizing that he is worthy of our praise and our submission and our obedience? Will you be worshipping Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today and forever at this Christmas? Remember, it was the wise men who said they had come to worship the king. They recognized in the Lord Jesus Christ that he was a sovereign that he is a king. He is worthy of worship. Finally, Jay. Now I don't want to sound like Scrooge and say, bah, Christmas. And I don't want to sound as if I'm trying to depress you on a joyful, happy Christmas Eve. But I have to remind you to be faithful to the scriptures. That another feature about the Lord Jesus Christ is this. He is the judge. Listen to the warning that the Apostle Paul gives us in the New Testament. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. And notice the all-inclusive word, all. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So Jesus Christ is going to be the judge of all one day. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Repetition for emphasis, I'm sure. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And the apostle goes on to say that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. On that day, there's no hiding no pretending. Well, I used to go to church on Christmas Eve. I must be a good person. God knows all things and he will judge us appropriately. Let me tell you about a man called W.C. Fields that I was reading about recently. He was an American gentleman. He was an actor. He was a juggler. He was a film star and he was a comedian. And when I was one year old, he died. His age was 66. 
There was one occasion he performed in the royal in a royal performance before King George V and Queen Mary here in the UK. But he's particularly remembered for some of the farcical statements that he made. Uh, this, I'll just give you a little flavour of some of these outrageous things that he said. He said, I spent half my money on gambling, alcohol and wild women. The other half I wasted. Doesn't that tell you a lot about this man? And then he said, everybody's got to believe in something. I believe I'll have another beer. Now you see the mockery that there is in these statements. Tragically, he spent the last 22 months of his life suffering from cirrhosis of the liver because he drank far too much in, in a sanatorium. And then he had the most horrendous gastric hemorrhage. In his will, he wanted part of his legacy to be used to establish a college for white orphaned children in which there was no religious teaching of any sort to be preached. It shows you the sort of character that he is. Just before his death, a friend visited Fields in his hospital room and to his surprise, he found him stumbling his way through the Bible. The visitor could hardly believe his eyes. And so he asked, uh, what are you doing with a Bible? And Field responded, I'm looking for loopholes. I'm looking for loopholes. Do you think he found any? He didn't. Because there's none to be found. Simple as that. He died on Christmas Day, 1946, and Christmas was a holiday that he despised most of all. I feel so sorry for that man. He knew about the Bible. He had access to one. No doubt he had heard about the Saviour, who is Christ, the Lord. And yet he deliberately closed his heart to the gracious invitation of Almighty God to repent, to believe, and to be saved. And at this season, when many people perhaps are asking us, almost too late now on Christmas Eve, are you ready for Christmas? Or they might be asking us, where are you going to spend Christmas this year? Can I change those questions and just leave you with two questions to think about? I'd like to ask you, not are you ready for Christmas, 
But are you ready to stand before Christ's judgment seat in eternity when you die? People still die even though it's Christmas. And we will all die one day. And when you appear before the judgment seat of Christ, please think carefully what your relationship with Christ will be. And then I would ask this simple question also. Where will you spend eternity? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a wonderful gift. All that we might have receive Christ as Lord and Saviour. And if not, please, please speak to pastor, speak to myself, speak perhaps to someone that invited you to this service if you'd like to know more. Let's pray together. Almighty and eternal God, we bow in your awesome, holy presence. And we acknowledge that you have loved us and you've blessed us and you have provided a wonderful saviour. Help us, Lord, in turn to express our faith and trust in him. Help us, O Lord, to walk in your ways. Help us to rejoice in the fact that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And help us, O Lord, to know your mercy your pardon, your forgiveness, and the joy of eternal salvation in Christ. Lord, accept our thanks for your blessing and hear our prayers for Jesus' sake. Amen.